Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicki Kelly and Natalie McIver. Welcome, and today we have a very special guest, Glenda Irwin. Glenda is a mindfulness coach specializing in mindfulness practices for parents and for children. She's one, I would say, one of the most passionate and connected people that I have met in the realms of mindfulness. And But more than that, Glenda has become a beautiful friend and one of my greatest cheerleaders, and so... I also get to be today one of her cheerleaders because she's a really, really special lady and I know you're all going to love her and I'm really excited to introduce Glenda to you all to share her really unique and refreshing perspective on mindfulness and mindful practice. So we're going to talk about everything mindfulness when it comes to parenting and children we're going to also explore which is what you've been asking a lot about given the latest craze in mindfulness coloring and where that comes from and so let's welcome Glenda welcome to the show Glenda oh Vicky thank you so much for such a warm and loving introduction Hey, it's so great to have you uh, as one of our guests on the show. We've got lots of our listeners who are people, of course, and they have their own varying forms of practice. And we've got lots of our people who have children. So I'm really excited to explore this whole concept of of uh, mindfulness for children and mindful mindful parenting, which we'll get into shortly. But before we do that, Glenda, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into mindfulness? How uh, Do you have a personal practice? What goes on in your family life? Tell us a sure. bit. Sure, Vicky. yeah. Well, that's a logical thing to need to know about me. How did I get into practice? Well, I went on that sort of, um, what is it, kind of lemming run that Kiwis and Australians do and took off to London when I was sort of barely 20 and in that time I sort of started to very early feel the effects of the awareness of what I'd done with my life sort of left the nest on my own. I looked into Buddhism and uh, found that very interesting both from an intellectual point of view and then with the deepening of practice from a heart-centered point of view. So my journey began many years ago, too many to say in public. Uh, all the way on the other side of the world Um, that of course being a great grounding in my life and an interest and a passion and um, my wellness coming from that source of Eastern philosophy Mm -hmm. um, I was always very mindful of 
the big word. <laughs> no um, pun intended. Or, or no pun intended. Just there in our language, Ricky. There's our first our first tip. Um, you know, it's in your language. It's there. Um, just listen out. Listen yeah. with ears. Yeah. Um, so there I was um, interested in Eastern philosophies, but. You know, part of those teachings talk about the epoch <clears throat> and the time that is. And it always seemed to resonate with me that, you know, it's all very well, these Eastern traditions and uh, talk of the past, of the Buddha, and um, what about now? What about me? What about me being my own little Buddha? And so I've always had an interest in bringing that tradition and that understanding of oneness and wellness into this moment, whoever you are, whatever you're doing right now, without too much attachment to teachings or, or teachers or, or some sort of doctrine from the past. Wow. Glenda, I, I love what you just said. And if we could explore and expand on that a little bit, what do you mean by the Buddha within us? Okay. Well, it's said. I mean, I'm no, I'm no um, monk or, or ordained person, not an Ajahn. So it's a bit unskillful of me to share this. But it is said that the Buddha said in his last words when his um, assistant asked him, "But um, enlightened one, what will happen now? You're going when you're leaving at his death." And the Buddha said, um, "You have your best teacher. I leave you with your best teacher. I leave you with yourself." Wow. And, and that's what's so important for me to reach out to people, you know, in all the roles that we have, most pointedly, uh, pointedly the role of a parent, the key. Mm -hmm. um, we, we are here in our, in our oneness now, and we can affect that by awareness and just dropping in continually um, to this moment and, and, and practicing. So, yeah, the, the Buddha's wise words were... Um, I leave you with yourself, so go forward from there. And isn't it amazing that probably when we think when we think about ourselves, we think about our you know our physical body mm -hmm. uh, on on and our physicality on so many levels, and yet or or that narrative that's going on inside of our head, and yet my understanding of that, and you may be able to illuminate on this a little more, Glenda, is that we that 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 maybe that Buddha inside ourselves is not that, it's not our physical body, it's not that narrative, the thoughts, it's our awareness of those things. Exactly, yeah, Vicky. So I've always enjoyed that in our time together is your awareness that's so attuned to that. Of course, we are not our thoughts, our experiences, our circumstances or our conditioning. We are the one who is aware of our thoughts, experiences, and circumstances. So that awareness we can drop into if, yes. we, if we train, you know, ourselves in the discipline of mindfulness practice. And, is, and so if, if we were looking at that purely as a, a strengthening point, is, is mindfulness practice and the, and the practices of, of dropping into ourselves, is that what we're strengthening? Are we strengthening our awareness of our self of our experience yeah that's exactly what we're doing you know i think this is the essence of why it is that mindfulness has become so beautifully enriched and it's growing and it's waking up it's waking us all up is that you know we've got this power to be in this aliveness that we have mm. you know we've 
we've been schooled to give that power away on so many levels, whether it's in our commercial world or becoming the student, looking to become the teacher. But the fact is this power that is here right now, this awareness that oh, I've manifested in life, this is my life, is is just there to be found. Mm. And, and, and people are waking up to that. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful awakening going on of people as they return to uh, their their personal, um, well, themselves, isn't it? It, it, It's it's happening all across the world. It's expanding so exponentially. And how long have you been involved with uh, mindfulness practice, either um, particularly as a coach, Glenda? Okay, well, um, in 2011, well, it goes back a little further than that, and I don't elaborate on this story too much because I have this understanding of perspective, Vicky. You know, what is truth, really? We each have a perspective, and um, this story involves my son, and so I'm always just a little mindful of his perspective and, and his journey, but many years ago, I had a perspective of my child. And I saw some struggles that I hadn't, you know, imagined as a parent. When I went into having my my family, I, you know, I went in with the beauty and the ideals of what family looks like. Um, so, someone's um, requiring your attention. Right, your pardon for that. Um, uh, so, what? Um, excusing that, I bringing myself now back into my story and my presence. So. At that time, I saw the struggles that were perhaps going to make life different for my son, different from what I would have dreamed for him. And I chose to practice myself, to go into my practice of mindfulness, to be with what is, to start accepting, to relinquish so much expectation, to give sovereignty to my boy, generally practicing mindful parenting. And I saw in that practice, wow, If I taught this to my son, rather than keeping it just about me and my ego, he would go into a journey of accepting himself, having sovereignty. All those things I said I was giving to myself, I needed to give to my son. Mm. So I stepped into teaching uh, my son and and other children. Um, In about 2008, I began that. Um, in 2011, I started having a lot more presence online, um, just with Facebook and reaching schools, did some critiquing of a few courses that might come up that would go into educating children. Having gone from there and understanding deeply this idea that the parenting tool was what brought me into the understanding of this richness for children, I realized that It worked well for me and my family because I practiced. It worked well for my family because I was well. And so I began to realize that my deepest need was to reach parents, to introduce almost counter-cultural practices of resonance and attunement, vulnerability, Vicky, big thing, Mm -hmm. being vulnerable with our children. It's so counterintuitive, you know, we're supposed to be the all-knowing. Yeah, the all-knowing. Yes. (laughs) As if we can be, Vicky. Gosh, I hardly know how to turn off my mobile phone. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Yeah. So um, 
that was something that really started to grow from 2011. Um, during the latter part of 2013 and certainly all of this year, I've been involved with teaching um, adults in a, in a much bigger sense. I teach roughly, I think about uh, our courses at the moment, I must be reaching about 80 people a week in introduction courses and second level courses. Well, so, so Glenda, um, you, am I understanding that, that first and foremost you feel like you're, you're, to be able to get, or to be able to reach others with mindfulness practice or, or coaching, that needs to be grounded in our own personal practice, yeah? Absolutely. Okay. And, so, and then by, and, and we've had this experience, and I know that a lot of listeners have, have often um, emailed in or, you know, sent messages in saying, I don't know what's going on, but I'm doing these one-minute practices and, and I'm breathing and pausing and smiling and brushing my teeth with the opposite hand and doing all these things to to call and gather my attention back and what I'm noticing is that my kids are better behaved and they're responding uh, more lovingly and more kindly and the question that often comes is is that because of my perspective or is it because the kids are actually changing what's what is your understanding of that Glenda illuminate us on this <laughs> But firstly, Vicky, what what a great outcome you're getting from reaching people with your practice because that's really, really insight, isn't it? That's people being really curious. They're seeing a difference, but they're thinking, yeah, but where's it coming from? It's mm. the perspective. And that's what we've got to encourage. That's what's wonderful about what you're doing is you're encouraging people to really be curious and notice the difference in the movement, the difference that's coming from their practice because that is what is happening one of our cornerstones of mindfulness is uh is you know being being curiosity which is almost the opposite i think we've been so conditioned and we're so very uh very talented many of us at, at judging ourselves and others and so to to let that go and and allow um and invite curiosity into our world it, it's it's novelty in itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the practice becomes the practice. And yes. that's honest, isn't it? You know, we're, we're practicing, practicing and never perfect. Yeah. And, so what's, and what do you think is happening? Is it, is it the chicken or the egg? I know, and I know, you know, it, it's one of those things. Is it that, that our perspective changes as parents as we um, have our own personal practice? Or is it that genuinely because of how... Um, maybe different we the different way we're responding in a more connected and maybe loving and compassionate way with our children that they respond uh, in in as a mirror to that. Yeah, both is right, both and and or um, definitely that we are we are um, well in ourselves and that is exuding out just as the pebble feel, falls into the pond. Mm go out with it. it just cannot be denied and this is why it's so important for the world yes yeah people practicing the more this will become a resonant experience so our children are definitely affected by our practice we yeah. put on the mask and the oxygen example on a plane we put that on ourselves first why because if we can breathe we can help our children breathe yeah, yeah. So, yes, what you're doing as a parent by practicing is being, is, is, is radiating out and our children are picking up on it. 
So there you go, Omlings. You're doing amazingly well. They are. And, you know, these little practices of one minute. Can I add there, actually, Vicky? You know, I, I, I've given you my background as coming yes. from uh, philosophy, but I'm, I'm really into people taking one minute of practice. If one mother says to me she can do one thing, yeah. I'm celebrating because this is an incredible thing that people are able to see benefit mm-hmm. in the moment. It's about the moment. Yeah. So when they see the benefit in the moment, outcome, there you have it straight away. We all need that. We need to see outcome. And that is truly yeah. what was the first thing that resonated with me with my son. I would take him to doctors, psychologists. I took him everywhere looking for answers. They all gave me their best. They all gave me lots of solutions for the future. But every time I walked out the door, I walked out holding a scared little hand. Mm. I wanted to find something that would cope in that moment, not change it. It couldn't be changed that we could cope in that moment. Mm. Your practitioners, your omlings, I love that. Your omlings are out there doing and being this practice. Yeehaw. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really very exciting that we have this growing body and, and growing community of amazing people who are just rediscovering that inner Buddha, which, which I absolutely <laughs> love. And I come from a background of um, vitalism and, and particularly in and around chiropractic. And we often talk about the the true doctor being on the inside, that we we have an amazing doctor within us to heal and repair and restore our being. And now I hear that we have an inner Buddha. I, I feel more whole and complete than I ever have before. <laughs> Join the oneness. Great. That's, that's good. Whatever the language is, and again, you know, it's that language. It, it's just that it's, it's so wonderful that people are coming on board it's so exciting, and that it doesn't take one of the one of the main uh, attractions of of the work that we're doing is that it doesn't. You don't have to be in in Zen in the perfect sitting on a cushion facing the wall for hours or days or weeks at a time in solitude, burning incense and wearing chiffon. It can happen as eloquently put it, moment by moment. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm being facetious. Yeah, no, that was actually the thing that was rubbing against me. You know, I was, um, I'm surrounded by, I still am, I, I, I'm, um, uh, um, my partner's an ex-Buddhist monk. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, we're big, you know, big time steeped in the practice. Um, But it, it was, it was, um, you know, so many people I knew were sort of cushion sitters and chiffon wearers and it all seemed so self you know, yes. it all seemed about the the philosophy was you know wellness and oneness, but it seemed to be about self. Mm. And um, no, no, it's not. It's not about self at all. It's about reaching um, the capacity for everybody to feel this benefit in whatever way. And that is not sitting for hours on a cushion. That might be, for instance, like I have this little practice. I say, you know, and, it, and hey, if we're looking at where sources of this are uh, documented, the Bible even uh, quotes, you know, raise thy eyes to the heavens. I ask people, you know, if you're feeling a moment of overwhelm, take a breath in as you raise your eyes up to look at the sky. Wow. Just, yeah. 
looking up at the sky, breathing down to your toes. One breath, one precious breath to bring us back into the presence of the body and we can feel that incredible relief and gift that is the aliveness here. Even in that moment of incredible stress, whether it's, I don't know, being in the bank or having to listen to our mother rave about our failings over again. <laughs> One breath with eyes cast to the sky. Fantastic practice. Wow. that's There we go. Our beautiful people is the community. We have our breathing practices and and I always, I always um, explain and, and share with, with our community that we carry our breath everywhere. So it's not something that we have to remember. The one thing that I encourage and invite people to remember is that at any moment in time, we can, we can um, invite and, and recall our attention through pausing and focusing and being with our breath. And so there we go, omlings. It's a, it's a beautiful deep breath in a gazing upward to all that is up there in the universe and then a long, slow breath out as we reconnect with our inner Buddha. <laughs> yeah, great. Hey, Glenda, I wanted to, I wanted to um, get on to, because this is really exciting, it's exciting for the people that are in, engaged in this with you, but it also gives us the opportunity to explore, which we haven't done on the show yet, this whole new zeitgeist of of um, mindfulness coloring oh, yeah. that, that are in all the bookshops and and uh, that are the Christmas I think they're on everybody's Christmas wish list cool. and they are being marketed out there like crazy and and I have you know the simple understanding of the mandala and and that the, that concept but I know that you've got a, a well, I thought it was a, it's a kid's colouring book or is it a parent's colouring book or is it both? <laughs> yeah, I'm just so confused, aren't I, Vicky? Um, it's both, yeah. Well, look, let me comment. That's, that's such a great thing to raise on your show for people. It is a zeitgeist and it's everywhere. And if it's working, it's everywhere, then what a great combination. I think these um, adults' colouring books, uh, a lot of them are about nostalgia Mm -hmm. and how great we feel when we revisit our child play. Um, relaxation, which comes from the focus, yeah. which is getting more in line with our understanding of mindfulness practice. What I'm really a little bit sad about is they don't have much outline um, in the actual books about how to use the book. Mm. You know, like when you practice um, coloring in, which is, you know, a great... A great use of the um, of the senses, both your sight, your touch, your you know the um, kinesthetic uh, process of moving your hand. Mm -hmm. So, all these wonderful sense-based experiences, and of course, mindfulness always practice with the body and the breath. Um, we should be aware that this is our practice. We should maybe make a little bit of a specialness about it. So, this little book that I wrote is a parenting tool. I used to get asked for them, I still do, by parents all the time. What can I use to help my kids? Secretly, I'm thinking, well, if you're asking what you can use, you're going to be giving. And you're giving a tool means you're practicing too. So I went about writing and designing. I had a great designer, Bronya Rinder, please help me. We designed a little mindfulness coloring book. It's called Mindfulness Practice Coloring Book for Children. 
Wow. And it's okay, so so how do we get how do we get this? Uh, you can buy it um, by coming on my website, which is um, uh, mindfulnessmatters.co.nz or mindfulnessforchildren.co.nz. So mindfulnessmatters.co.nz yes. or mindfulnessforchildren.co.nz. We'll have links to those up on our Facebook page, our OM Facebook page. And in fact, the first three people that jump online and um, onto our Facebook page and give me their favourite practice, their favourite OM practice, the first three people I will gift uh, one of those books. Brilliant. I hope you've got three I can purchase. Oh, sweetheart, I've got... Heaps of them. Yay! <laughs> and if you want to get a, a hold of that, um, go to our Facebook page and we'll be able to uh, send you to those links. Otherwise, go to the links, um, mindfulnessforchildren.co.nz or mindfulnessmatters.co.nz. Um, and, yes, the first three people who jump on Facebook on the on page and give me your favourite on practice, um, I will arrange to get one of those books sent to you. Wonderful. That's really nice of you to mention the book too. Thanks. Oh, you're mm-hmm. most welcome. So, Glenda, if you what in terms of your mindfulness practice, obviously your coaching is grounded in your own practice. Yes. If you were to to elaborate and and give us some one minute tips, and that's often the aim of our show. I like to to invite guests to give us some tips and some ideas about mindfulness practice. And allowing life, our life and our way of living to inform our practice. So if you were to give us a couple of tips that would take a minute or less, mm-hmm. what are some of your favourites? Well, from a family perspective, I, I encourage people to buy a, um, a little singing bell. You might see them in trade aid. They're, I think they're Tibetan, actually. Um, and my family practice that's kind of a minute is I encourage people to put one of these bells in their home, Vicky, mm-hmm. somewhere low enough, not, not up on a shelf, but somewhere where the children can reach it to. Yes. And yeah. um, what we do is um, we listen, we, we invite the bell, sound it, and we listen to the end of the bell. Could I do it with you now? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so I've got one of the bells here. Mm-hmm. Imagine that this we're in our home right now, Vicky, mm-hmm. and um, somewhere in the house you hear the bell. Someone else has, has toned the bell, and all we do is, as you put it lovely in your lovely way, is we pause and listen for the end of the bell, and I begin. Thank you. So all the way to the end of the bell because we're bringing ourselves into our presence and whomever is in the house has the understanding that it doesn't matter who strikes the bell because we all need our pause, our breath, our oneness, our awareness. Whenever we hear that sound, we all just stop and listen to the end of the sound. So that's a really quick little family practice that brings everyone together. Wow, what a great way. What a great way to anchor beautiful energy into the home. It's so often we rush through, and I know I'm. this morning was an example of that. It was I had to be out of the, the home really early. 
My beautiful Gracie, 12-year-old, had her athletics day today, so I needed to make sure that she was prepared. We'd done a lot of that last night, but she needed, you know, good food this morning. And then the dog wanted its attention. The cat wanted its attention. And so it was how... Jeepers, how are we? How am I navigating my way through this and still being able to be present to what is? That's and right. so Grace and I had a beautiful breath together, and we set an intention for the day. Oh. And within that, within my rushing, it was just in that moment of breathing together and coming together that I realised how mindless I'd been all morning, just rushing about. And so what a what a beautiful way to invite without having to necessarily even come together but just creating an anchor of this singing bell and that wasn't even a minute it was 10 seconds maybe or 10 yeah, seconds yeah. it's and it's just a culture in the family that whenever the bell is toned by anyone we all stop wow i love it i love it Okay, yeah. well, we've got time for one more, beautiful Glenda. Oh, well, I love this one, and it's borrowed from John Shearer, the mindfulness coach in Australia. Great man. Yes. Great man. He told me to look for signs, and I do. I look for signs. So the one that he mentioned was that big Scottish restaurant with the yellow M. Oh, yes. <laughs> and every time he sees the big yellow golden M, Instead of thinking, mmm, hungry, he thinks, mmm, mindfulness. Ah, the golden arches of mindfulness. That's the one. <laughs> so thank you, America. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because those little hamburgers are bringing practice to my mind when I see them now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Glenda, thank you so much. I have so enjoyed our time together and I know our OM community um, will be singing the bells of their own with joy um, at being able to share in your beautiful energy. Um, again, can we just have those ways to that people can contact you. You've got a Facebook page as well, haven't you? Oh, I have, yeah. It's just called Mindfulness for Children, and the four is capitals. So I don't think that matters. But I've been supporting parents there for many years now and just post as much information as I can get and little mantras and, and, and tips. And, you know, please, if you come on that page, come and bring all your wisdoms, all those inner Buddhas out there with living their awareness and being there in their oneness. Can you just please, please put whatever you feel on that page? It would help me so much in my practice too. Oh, wonderful. Glenda, thank you so much for being part of our show we're going to have you back soon because i know we've only touched on um, the amazing gifts you have to share with with the mindfulness community so again if you go to the on page and send me let me know as a message your favorite on practice the first three people i will be sending you out one of glenda's beautiful um kids coloring books if you love this show as so many of you all always do please um, tweet it or share it or send it out to your favorite uh, online tribe do go and subscribe to the wellness couch on itunes and until next time beautiful omlings remember to pause breathe and smile your way through your day as you invite your inner buddha to awaken in your journey together with you uh, until next time 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.